everybody, welcome back to Rambling Runoff. I am your host, Robert Rios, and what an exciting, exciting sports day we've had this week. And of course, we've got all for you today, and I hope you guys are sitting down, laying down, chillaxing, driving around in your whip having a great day because yeah man i'm just excited to go over what we got we got some u.s men's national team news we got some college football stuff we got something cooking in the warm-up and of course we have to round down all the way at the end of the episode but of course i am not doing this by myself with me once again we had very good reviews from her debut on her very first podcast now this is her second podcast please welcome back Alondra Abundes, say what's up to the people. Hi, what's up, you guys? I'm surprised he has me back so soon. Because as we realized from the previous episode, my sport knowledge is not the greatest. But we're here. We're going to ramble and we're going to have a good time. No, yeah, of course. what, What works is that you're learning, but also you're giving your opinion, which works in a surprising way you feel me yeah i think what truly happened is i kind of got obsessed with the world cup in 2010 so i got obsessed over just one sport and that's pretty much where my knowledge lies just because i think some of the players are cute honestly but we're here to learn about other sports it's gonna work out we're gonna have a good time we're gonna party we're gonna celebrate an amazing win and you're gonna teach me some new stuff so it's gonna work out no, yes, of course. Like, we, I mean, I get. I guess you kind of already mentioned it. The U.S. men's national team, they're on a tear right now. It's all good in the hood. But yeah, um, I think we we should be in store for a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, I'm in a really good mood. I know you're in an excellent mood. I really, so, I really yeah, am. Um, I mean, these games have been happening very early in the morning, so I am very tired. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, but uh, I, before I, we get this thing going, oh, wait, what happened? What you got? What you I, got? See, I was, I was kind of glad the U.S. games were like at 11. But Saturday, we have a 7.30 game, and I don't know how I feel about that right now. <laughs> it's actually at 7 on the dot, oh, to my knowledge. Oh, no. <laughs> Even earlier? Oh, the struggle's going to be Yes, real. 30 minutes. It is going to be but, real. <sighs> but yeah, um, yes, of course. But um, but yes. Um, before we get into all that, uh, I usually like to ask my co-hosts all the time, "How have you been? What you been up to?" I've been good. The majority of my day has been spent watching the World Cup. It's not. It's not that I love it, but like getting behind on schoolwork, which is always stressful. But like it's. Do I read a textbook or do I watch a World Cup game? Like, you, you, you do you feel me? Like, you kind of girl, you better World be Cup trying game. to get that degree. You better be trying to get that degree. I I'm getting that degree, but like she's reading the she's like writing an essay while watching the game, multitasking. But like it's like two sentences every like fifteen minutes. That. 
is not good. But I know you're working on it. And the World Cup is, I guess to say, almost over now, even though it's only been like two weeks, which has just flown by magically. I know, right? <laughs> it's only a month. It's only now imagine a month. it in 2026 when there's like double the teams. Oh, that's going to be like no sleep. For sure. No sleep. Abe. Especially since the U.S. is hosting. Like, it's going to be party in every city at that point. Yeah, but the games are going to be in the daytime, so... It ain't going to be that bad. But, like, if if your team wins and you party into the night, and then you wake up early to watch another game, it, it becomes a cycle of just party and no sleep. That is also true. Yeah. But I like sleep, so I might have to skip the partying. You, you take a nap during halftime. That's what happens. A 15-minute so like, nap. Now you're tripping. Power nap. Or, like, in between games, they usually give, like, an hour break. Take a nap then. Take a nap during halftime. Uh, and you're good to go. That is also true. That's true. All right. Well, when the, when the time comes, we'll see if we're napping in 2026. Who knows? Okay. But, yes, of course. Um... Are you ready to get this show on the road or what? Let's do it. All right. So, of course, we've already kind of mentioned it. Our first topic for the show is the U.S. men's national team moving on to the round of 16 and the FIFA World Cup. Alondra, first, though, we have to... (laughs) First, we have to (laughs) explain how they kind of got here because although we're recording... Uh, this week, and we recorded last week, we didn't get to um, kind of go over the, the, the game that happened before this game. Uh, the U.S. did play England on, what was that, Monday, correct? No, it was Black Friday. Monday. Oh, excuse me, I'm thinking of the Wales game. Yeah, Black Friday. Um, they played them at 11 a.m. Uh, a very, how would you say, uh, looked forward game to, like, for people, it was marked on everyone's calendars. Basically, it, it was USA versus England. Game. Yeah, because you don't always get to see them play. Uh, you got to see a, a young, up and coming U.S. team versus an established, uh, known powerhouse. So established, yes, but they also had a bunch of young, like young players in their team in their lineup as well. No, so, yes, of course. I just mean yeah. by name. When you, th- when you say England, you're like, oh, yeah, England. They're good at soccer. They're good at football. Established. USA on the come up. Yeah, established football country, mm-hmm. unlike the U.S., who is still on the come up. But um, although the game did end as a tie, it was 0-0, uh, I felt like the U.S. had the better chances throughout the game. Uh, they did start out very, very slow. Uh, England had the ball for, like, at least 15 to 20 minutes in that first half, where it was like, oh, no, here they come. But no, they were unsuccessful in any of their tries and their chances to score. Um, The only stat that we can give you that, I guess, has importance, in my opinion, would be shots taken. Uh, England had eight, three on goal. USA had ten with one on goal, which I believe was the Pulisic shot that came off the bar. Yes, the crossbar, yes. 
I mean, it came out of nowhere. Like, that shot just came out of nowhere. It was... He made something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what did you think about the game very quickly? See, right now that you made the comment about how England was, like, had possession of the game for, like, the first 20 minutes, I was, like, it kind of reminded me back of, like, the revolution type of situation of the British in control, yet the Americans are over here, like, stalking the prey. So once they saw their weaknesses, they attacked. Yes, we had the more opportunities to attack, but we were the stronger team. And I was kind of a proud, a proud American after watching all these English commenta- commentators being like, the U.S. deserved that. The U.S. should have won. The U.S. had more opportunities. Like, yes, they're over here calling it soccer, but they have some of the best talent on their team type of situation. Yeah. That was very interesting. I also did get got to see some of the the British tabloids, Yawn in the USA, mm-hmm. or um I couldn't think. Of, dang it! I should have wrote this down somewhere, screenshot it. But yeah, there was a lot of tabloids that were just going in like, man, these guys suck. <laughs> like it, dude, they're not that good. Like I highly doubt it though. I think the US was just was giving it to them. Uh, it did kind of make the Wales draw sour a little bit more considering we held our own against a a known football european powerhouse which mm-hmm. could have taken advantage of us and did a 6-2 shellacking on iran so yes. i mean it is what it is i feel like the team played well uh even when england subbed in jack grealish in like the 68th minute he tried to give him a spark but no- nothing came of it i think he got a free kick but you know, there was nothing scary about this team. Like, you know, they have good players, but they're not very concise. Same thing with the U.S. So it's kind of like two, one jumble mess versus another jumble mess. It makes one big jumble mess. And, of course, that's why we got 0-0. Zero, zero. It, it was a battle of the youth because we the U.S. is like the youngest squad there at the World Cup. But also England had a bunch of their, their younger players on their team they had some other players that it's like their first world cup and everything but in my what i saw it was like the difference in the midfield we have the youngest midfield with musa tyler adams and weston mckinney yet they held their ground they protected that midfield like there was no tomorrow and that shows it shows yes you have english players who come up in the academies over there yet they're over here being tackled by American kids who started playing probably at, who started playing on the side because as you know soccer is not the most popular sport here so it's a little bit taboo to be playing soccer instead of basketball on the at the playground type of situation but that game just showed the level of talent we have and to think that Musa just turned 20 today it's insane What's going to happen when we host the World Cup in four years type of situation? No, oh, yeah. By the time it comes here, we should have a more of established team, uh, you know, fixing any loose ends. I mean, like, I feel like we have a decent team. Like, like for like today, for example, which I don't want to get ahead yet, but they show that, like, they can play, they can ball. Like, this is probably better teams than me and you in our lifetime have ever seen. So it's just interesting, like, to be part of that generation that's going to, like, be able to, like, actually see good football 
good footballers, good soccer players on the pitch, on the fields, like actually winning and looking good and not just like having to fight for every ball like, mm-hmm. to struggle, which I want to say this team is soft and that I want to disregard anybody, but like you could tell it's night and day, it's night and day with this 2022 squad versus like the 2010 squad from South Africa. Like it's two different teams and they were both special in their own like unique way. You got to also realize that half the team is around our age. So I feel like that makes it a little more special, at least for us. Cause it's like, dang, this person's like a year older than me, or this person's two years younger than me. And they're making a difference. They're like out there fighting for like their country type of situation, proving that, Hey, I know like proving that even though it's not our first sport here, we could handle it. Like you could try to bring us down, but we're here to fight. We're here to represent our nation. And you might think of us as the underdog, but we're not type of situation. No, yeah. I mean, even some people would say that England was the underdog just because of the talent. Like, I think what it is too, it's just talent wise. You see the names, you see where they play, you see where they come from. It's like, okay, like they're, they're not people to just mess around with, you know? So that's why, like, this game was on tilt. Like, where are is the world about to explode? Because is it called soccer or is it called football? But yeah, <laughs> I digress. But but the yeah, lines um, like cubs. overall, <laughs> there you go. Put that on your as your headliner. The Lions played like Cubs. That's a good one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, it was a good game. Uh, I wish we would have won because it would have helped us out a little bit more considering Iran beat Wales just before that. Mm-hmm. But it's all good in the hood because you want to know what happened today if you want to start moving on into that? Oh, you, you go for Do it. I'm you, a little too hyped to go for it. The United States of America at 11 a.m. Western Time Pacific defeated Iran 1-0 to qualify to the round of 16 and the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. And what a hell of a game it was as in this situation after... It was intense. After In this situation after the England game, that put England on top with three points, one. Iran in second... Uh, with three points, the U.S. third was two points, and Wales last place with their single one point. So the deal here was that the USA had to win; they couldn't tie and they couldn't lose, and none of the other and the other result was not going to bail them out. So it was live or die, and you could tell these guys, these son of a guns, in this game actually put their heart and soul into the match. I wouldn't say it was like the most wonderful best soccer game I've ever seen. But these guys put a hell ton of pressure on the Iranian players throughout the whole match. You just see a USA player just run up on every person that got the ball and was like, oh man, what do we do? What do we do? Cause they were like, nah, because Iran was just trying to like bait the US. They're they weren't playing in the low block. They're playing in the mid block. So they were trying to catch the U.S. moving up higher than they should have, but it never happened because the the U.S. just kept chasing the ball basically the whole entire match, which sounds kind of weird, but it was effective, and it was effective to the point that 
that Iran just couldn't do nothing with the ball up until like late into the second half where it was getting like very nervy and we had to make a lot of subs. But uh, yeah, the the final scoreline was one zero. Uh, it was the one the lone goal was scored by our very own Christian Pulisic from Hershey, Pennsylvania, in the thirty eighth minute. Captain uh, Captain America. Uh, the goal was assisted by Serginho Dest. But uh, we have to. I mean, I'll say what I mean. What I liked about the game overall, with about the performance more. But just go into the goal because the goal. I mean, this one goal is what defined the game, uh, and you can't. There's no way anybody listening just can tell me I'm wrong. Although the death assist looks pretty, the main pass and the main component of this whole entire play was not the goal. It wasn't the assist. It was the assist before the assist when McKenny was like yes. halfway down the field, and then launched that shit. Who <laughs> technically? Bobbled the ball, and that's the only reason why he hit it with his head, because he hit it wrong with his foot, and he, and his ingenuity just kicked in, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta hit it now. Let me hit it with my head." Boom, hit it forward, and then Pulisic, doing what he does, sticking the ball in the back of the net, and risking his balls for America. He literally <laughs> sacrificed his health for his nation. That that is or as true, some people on Twitter said. He sacrificed his future children for oh. this country. My favorite was he sacrificed his pickle for the country. Oh my gosh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> he On sacrificed Twitter. his pickle, Rick. Oh yeah. gosh. <laughs> Dude, that yeah. is freaking hilarious. But yeah, um, I feel like the U.S. played a really good match. Like I say, I wouldn't say it's the most wonderful thing I've seen in the world, but it was just... It was pleasing that they were able to get the job done, considering they they've had so many struggles the past like I want to say two years, honestly, just trying to get it done against teams, especially away from home. And obviously, it's the World Cup; they're not playing here; they're playing somewhere else, a foreign mm-hmm. place they've never been to. <sighs> you could tell that they are actually a family type of situation. Like they have that family bond on field and off field, and that helps the game truly. Because who else would communicate that well at, at that such a young age? It's like you gotta have that a strong bond, and it's shown. It's shown by the amount of support they each have for each other, and it's beautiful type of situation. Wait, you mean Gio Reyna's not the grumpy little kid in the corner? <laughs> oh wait, we forgot. I forgot one thing. You want to? Hey, wait, 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 real quick, real quick. Do you know who played in the England match? Can you tell me who played? You you even mentioned this. Wow, your favorite player, and you didn't even mention him. Wow, even I almost forgot to say this. Who played in the in the England match in like the 88th minute? Who was it? Who was it? I, see, I was. You were standing next to me, and I was screaming for Giovanni since like the first match at the 50th minute. And I didn't get to see him until the England game at the 80th minute. And it was Mr. Giovanni Reyna. And I was hey, did he play in this match? Did he play in the Iran match? Because <laughs> he didn't sadly need to. No. All he had to do was play defense, which I don't necessarily like. Because although after the Pulisic injury, we had to change up our whole entire game plan. Which I want to say it didn't affect us. Nine, so we actually started making defensive moves where we had... Uh, 
was it Shaq Moore and um was it Zimmerman that came on? I think it was. That came on as a sub. See, you're you're speaking as a person that just wanted to qualify. I over here actually wanted to like have our team place first. Like I wanted to have that goal difference type of situation and actually like beat England and take over that first spot. But now you're over here. No, we just have to play defense. You can't always play defense. No, I no no no. I'm not saying I liked it. It's just that no, that's what well I didn't why are you why are you saying it like if I made the USA make those not very not very smart subs you know who made those subs it was greg and even people the pundits are like okay like what are the these subs like you knowing like you need a second at least a second goal which chance right after the first one where um i think mckinney or adams set up uh tim Weah on a breakaway uh mm-hmm. he put the ball in the back of the net but unfortunately it was called offside which rightfully so with the var and the offside tech uh, he his leg and his arm. Well, not his arm. His arm is not. Fun fact: the arm is not a playable body in soccer, so you can't count the arm as offside. His right, right or left. Obviously, he only has two feet. It- <laughs> his right or left foot was offside. So, yeah, unfortunately, they didn't count it. I I was jumping up in the air like yeah, and then I once I saw his reaction, I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh well, speaking of Tim Weah. We had to give him some props because he ha- he has been having an amazing tour- like tournament, scoring the first goal. I feel like he US. struggled today. Hey, I feel like he struggled today, Loki. Though, Robert, you try playing at the World Cup, and for the no, I know it's hard. Okay, I know it's hard. I know when your dad is the president of a whole ass country, and you play at, or you used to get to play at PSG, and you kind of almost knew Mexi and whatever, but come on, you, you gotta admit from the Wales game and the England game to now, like he was struggling. Even McKenney, like you could tell McKenney was just tired. He's like, I can't be carrying y'all. I know Pul- we got Pulisic, bro. I-, I I can't do this no more, guys. Like that was like his attitude. I felt like he 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 was a tired boy. But shout out to Tim Ream and Cameron Carter Vickers for holding it down up in that because. Damn, they they put it in work. They were tackling everybody. They weren't letting the Iranian uh, offensive attackers like get any space. Like, mwah. Oh, French kisses. Mister Walker Zimmerman saved Thor. Thor saving us from a tie. Thor. Amazing. Oh gosh. Oh no. Yeah, if we would have tied, we would have been out. So I mean, but um, I would also like to point out when he kicked. The shit out of that ball. I think Shaq Moore was standing right in front of him when he kicked it in front of his own goal. I would have, bro. I swear, if do you get, do you know what I'm saying with this? Uh huh. <laughs> Zimmerman yes. could have kicked the shit out of that ball. Moore could have been standing right next to him, and that ball could have ricocheted into our own net. Considering mm-hmm. that ball. It luckily it didn't have the power, so it hit it went through Turner's legs, but he was lucky enough it didn't have power and it deflected off of his foot and Zimmerman was able to save it. But yeah, when I saw him kick it, and even when I see the instant replay, I'm like, holy shit. We were one own goal mistake away from pissing it all away. But I would have cried. Uh, I've been like right there with you crying. Oh, uh, dude, I would have been. 
I would have been like not I would have been like so sad. I would have been probably more sad than like when the US didn't qualify to the World Cup. Oh, see, when now that you said that, it takes me back to the picture of like Christian Pulisic just like huddled over crying into his shirt. And look at him now. Oh no. Having look at him now having the first assist assisting Mr. Weya for the for the first goal and now having his own goal sacrificing his pickle for his nation. But like you could tell he's leaving his heart on the pitch. And that's amazing to see, especially from somebody who wasn't able to make it to the World Cup four years ago and seeing how he built himself, he built his team, and he's there. He's like, it's my first time here. I'm going to prove to the people that I deserve to be here. And I'm also going to prove to my club that I deserve a start type of situation. Oh, dang. Wait, that last statement, it's almost as if you're going to talk about that later in the show or something. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have a point. Um, I was listening to uh, Casey Keller on ESPN FC, and he was saying about Pulisic that this is more or less hit, hit the most important game for him, most important moment, considering, you know, he's been out at Chelsea. He has been getting playing time. You know, this is his time to shine. He has an assist in the goal. So, I mean, we'll, we'll save that for later. But yeah, like. It's a good time to be Mr. Mr. Pulisic at the moment. Um, hopefully, if you wanted to talk about other players, what were you gonna, what happened? Oh, I was like, hopefully we'll we'll see him on Saturday's game against the Netherlands. Oh, of course. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think he's good. But um, positive player performance. Tyler Adams, our captain. Mr. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm saying Iran and not Iran. Um, Mr. Professional. That there's a reason why he's our captain. I'm not going to get into it because it was a ridiculous, stupid question, I believe, in, in my opinion. Sorry. Not sorry. As someone that's worked in the journalism field, uh, there was venom and what they were trying to give to um, to Adams. But he was able to take it chill and confident and like his playing style. You know, he did what he had to do out there. And, and I feel like it was a good game for him as well. I mean, not notable as in the England game. But, uh, yeah, he played good. Uh, I feel like not playing good Haji Wright Sergeant even Musa they I feel like they struggled I know I said McKinney was struggling but I think that was just tiredness um if if you're Jesus Ferreira you gotta be begging to be playing out there so when when we go into the round of 16 we got they gotta make some changes or something because our strikers are just not striking and that's just not good it's crazy because we actually need a striker up there in order to continue the competition. We need more goals in order to make it farther. And it's scary to, oh, it's yes, scary to think that our two goals scored, scored so far have not been from our striker. I know, right? Like, that make no damn sense. Because we're next up to move on in our USA World Cup discussion um, in the round of 16. On December 3rd, right? At 7 a.m.? Yes. Correct? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, 7 a.m. Uh, the U.S. will now move on and play the Netherlands. Uh, and, yeah, uh, the Netherlands, uh, historically... Uh, let me see. I have it right here. The U.S. men's team is... Da, 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 I have it here somewhere. Oh, head-to-head. Oh, the, yeah. The Netherlands leads head-to-head 4-1-0. and oh against the U.S. with the one loss 
being in 2015, four to three. Dude, I remember that game like it was almost yesterday. I remember Jossie Zardes. It was a friendly, by the way. Jossie Zardes mm. scored the first goal, and then the last one was a game winner goal by um, Bobby Wood of all people. Dude, 2014, 2015, even 2016, men's U.S. national team were something else. Like, that was, like, I feel like if we were on, like, the earth, if we were, like, a toddler of actually playing good, it'd be those games. Because I remember around that same time, they also played Germany, who they, I think they tied or beat, I don't remember. But I do remember at that around that time period, they were also, like, dominant in the match, where it wasn't like, oh, like, yeah, it's a friendly, but they at least show that even not playing like i guess like the top players they can still hold on to whatever these countries like throughout them you know Mm -hmm. so it's going to be interesting what we get um let me see i got some some notes i'd like to read here the u.s men's national team will meet netherlands on saturday in the world cup round 16 um yeah the last meeting was 43 this will be this this was looking for this will be their first competitive match between the teams so there you go i mean what else do you want more from this uh interesting you know to crazy? what what you got that mr serginio death could have played for the netherlands but he chose to play i was for about the to say that <laughs> men's national team i read your mind i beat you to it i literally just saw a thing also that said like he almost went he would have gone to play there if the u.s didn't open up like their hand to him when like things were going wrong okay he's like yeah when i was like basically to sum it up i guess when he wasn't playing good the netherlands didn't bat an eye but when he was struggling uh, the they u.s were like hey like we're gonna we're gonna help you out we're gonna help you turn this thing around and hey look he although i do agree with the pundits he does try to do too much like he's trying to be extra on the ball but he's a baller which we've never had and i think he's like that main like suave the suave guy that this team has always been needed, always been lacking. So mm-hmm. he's just, he deserves to be on this team. So I'm glad that he decided to represent the United States. Oh, me too. We needed him. We Well, you saw him today. <laughs> it was random, yeah. but he, it was an assist. Somehow, we got a goal. And he's been holding, the, he's been holding his, posi- his position. He's been very defending. And driving forward. So I'm very glad he chose to play for the U.S. But yeah, I'm looking forward to a very competitive match. Um, A couple other stats I like to throw out there. The U.S. has not conceded a single shot in the World Cup half for the first time since 1966. The U.S. is 21-0-1 when leading at halftime under head coach Greg Berhalter. The lone draw... Was it in the opener against Wales? Which technically there wasn't a draw, but it was a one-one draw. Um, Pulisic scores his first career FIFA World Cup goal. It's his first competitive goal on foreign soil since the U.S. in 2017 in Trinidad and Tobago in the game that they were eliminated from the 2018 World Cup. Bruh, that's no dude. That's a hell of a crazy ass stat, bro. Your last competitive goal off of U.S. soil was when you guys got eliminated. Ain't that some shit, huh, Alondra? It is, but it proves that if you're if you're determined to make it to the World Cup, you're gonna make it to the World Cup t- type of situation. It shows that you're gonna put all your hard work into the into it, 
in order to play the game you want to play. You want to be with the top players. You're gonna you're gonna strive for it. You're gonna train for it, and that's exactly what this team did. And hopefully, they give it their all against the Netherlands and continue to move forward. No, yes, of course. Um, I think that's everything I have written down. Um, two things I need to ask you, and I'll, I'll go first on the first part. Um, basically, the outcome for this game, I'm hoping for another competitive match. If they can match the same energy and intensity that that 2015 squad did against the Netherlands in a friendly, like they didn't have to try to win that game. But now we're in a knockout round game. There's no draw. There's no ties. Nothing's going to bail you out. So it's your show up or show out once again in this game. I'm hoping, I'm just going to go keep it simple. Two to one. Part of me wants to say that it's going to be 2-0 USA and then Netherlands scores for fun. So uh, you, you see how I read your mind previously? You just read my mind. I was about to say 2-1 USA type of situation as well. But this team has to play a lot of defense. So do you think we'll be going into overtime or extra time, I should say? See, I don't want to, but we may. It depends. We, ha- we have to strike early type of situation and just keep attacking. And hopefully we make it within the 90 minutes. Because once we go into overtime, like my anxiety kicks in. And you might see me crying in the in like the corner type of situation. So I'm just hoping two nil, hoping ho- hoping for two nil, but we'll be happy with a two one. But I just want a early goal from the U.S. No, yeah, I want them to get on the score sheet like pretty early because I I don't want to have anxiety like today. So I would appreciate I, that. I want Mr. Giovanni Reina on the field. You were saying that was gonna be my second question. <laughs> we have some tired players. Is Gio playing or what? I think he ha I think he has to. Especially since we're playing against a very defense team. We need somebody with fresh legs up there. And he has the height. If we're gonna be doing long crosses, we need somebody tall up there to like strike them in. And he, he deserves a chance. He's shown what he could do with Dortmund. He's shown what he could do with the U.S. So get him off the bench, please. That's all I want. <sighs> well, all you can do is hope and pray that Greg Berhalter alters his um, starting 11 or his game plan for the match against the Netherlands. Because, yeah, I, don't, I can't do much in, about that. Aaron Long or Mr. Morrison before Giovanni Reina. I am walking out type of situation. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that to a person. It is what it is, big dog. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, is there anything else you would like to... One other thing you would like to speak of before we wrap up this section of the show? Question, who do you think our striker should be? Do you want Hajim Wright or Mr. Josh... Mr. Josh Sargent or Jesus. Uh, they both should be our striker. Bo- All right. I don't know. I don't know at this point because none of these guys are good. We're going to have to go back to the drawing board on our striker because none of these guys are 
either a getting the ball, getting into spaces for the ball, and none of them are when you like early on. Josh Sargent with his speed and his usefulness, I would say all right him. When Pepe mm-hmm. was cooking it, all right, put in Pepe. Ferreira, all right, he's a decent backup. Haji Wright, uh, he didn't really do much for me in this game, so it's I mean, it's basically like the goalie situation. Just put in whoever, whoever's whoever's got the hot hand. My issue right now is I feel like our strikers want the ball placed at their feet, and they're not really creating plays, or they're not really contributing to the play. And when you're playing a defensive team. You need somebody who's willing to go up against a defender and, like, just shoot on target. No, yeah, I completely agree. It's just that I feel like we, we need someone to get into better positions. Cause I feel like Pulisic, Jedi Robinson, Des, they're all getting the ball, like, in wide and open areas, but no one's going inside. So it's just mm-hmm. like, dude, like, something's got to change. Exactly. Also, a part of me wishes Mr. I love how Christian Pulisic takes corners. He's getting better at it. But a part of me wishes he would rotate with a different player and have him actually in the box. Because Buddy likes to dive. Like, he he dove against Mexico to score. He's done it a few times at Chelsea. So, like, rotate who takes your corners. I know he's been established, but... Maybe that might give us, like, some creativity in the game. Like, have somebody else take a corner and see if he could dive in and score a goal. I think it's because if it's not him, I think it's Serginio Dest. But I think you need Dest out there just to control the ball and slow things down a bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, one can only hope. One can only hope. Hey, like the World Cup says, we're, we're just dreamers here. We're just hoping. We're oh, just gosh. dreaming. Oh no! Are you giving me Qatar propaganda? No, I'm giving you um K-pop propaganda. Ew. Okay, I think this is a good time to transition topics now. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, if you're interested in checking out the the next game, it's December third, seven a.m. Rise and shine, everybody. USA versus Netherlands. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, me and Alondra are both confident that we could win this game. So, fingers crossed. Let us know oh. in the comments <laughs> what you think. But uh, yeah, um, moving on in our programming, we got once again from football to more football, except not NFL football. We're gonna be talking about some college football playoffs, in which we don't always get to talk about because college football is a little bit hard to discuss because it's so broad and huge and. All the schools and universities span across the United States of America. So it does get a little confusing. But I've for our longtime listeners, you guys know deep down inside, I love me some college football. Alondra, are you familiar with college football? See, I'm familiar with like USC, UCLA and their rivalry. So like my knowledge doesn't span that well to like all 50 states. Well, good thing you listen and are on this podcast because I will try to give you the um, crash course version of college football. Okay. And like so college football please. is like, and yeah, I will enlighten you. Um, college football is similar to, I guess you could say, high school football, where there's the conferences. Uh, you mentioned USC and UCLA. 
They play in the Pac-12 conference, which includes universities like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, uh, Cal, Berkeley, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Stanford is also included, uh, Colorado and uh, Utah. So that makes up the Pac-12. Sorry if I missed one, I think, if I know how to count. Um, and there's a bunch of conferences all across the country. Um, currently, uh, as of, of this recording, they released the newest college football fo- college football playoff rankings in which number one is Georgia. Number two is Ohio's... Oh, wait, that's wrong. Wait, that is completely wrong. Number two is Michigan. Um, sorry, why is my thing not updated? What the heck happened? Uh, yeah, number one is Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three is TCU. And coming in number four... For the first time in the college football playoffs existence, USC has cracked the top four and is currently in a position to go to the playoffs. So how about them apples, everybody? Ha <laughs> ha. Go Trojans. Ha <laughs> ha, I said it. How about that? But uh, yeah, uh, to, to round out the top 10, uh, we got Ohio State at number five. Uh, number six, Alabama. Seven, Tennessee. Eight, Penn State. Number nine, Clemson, and number ten, Kansas State. Uh, Alondra, do any of those names ring a bell? See, I'm a basic girl from Long Beach, so I'm gonna say USC. <laughs> Unfortunately, like... any school in that area that you just said uh, do not have a uh, football team. So, uh, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's like. It's like <laughs> you, you mentioned UCLA and USC, and then I got lost. Like, I've been to like the exporting goods, and I see the different like merch for all these other like universities. Yeah, my university doesn't have a sport like a football team, so like I really can't relate. Nah, it's all good in the hood. I mean, I went to a school that didn't have a football team, but hey, beggars can't be choosers, you know. But uh, yeah. Going down through the rabbit hole of college football, I'm going to go over some important games, specifically ranked teams that lost, which is how we have these ranked, uh, these rankings now. Uh, the big game over the weekend, and Alondra, I think you know this one. The big Ohio game. That, and Michigan, yes. Ohio State was ranked number two over the weekend, and they uh, were playing at home at the Horseshoe with number three Michigan mis- visiting, in which Ohio State was trampled by the Wolverines of Michigan, 45 to 23. I'm pretty sure the Buckeyes are out because there's no way in hell that they have a chance. I mean, the, they have, the one chance they have is USC losing this weekend. But uh, I'll get more into that in a bit. They Michigan just... I, I didn't get to watch slash see most of the game, but what I was told and heard was that Michigan and Ohio State were going back and forth in the first half. In the second half, Michigan just turned it on, in which Ohio State had no answer. Um, it went like this: uh, Michigan would score, then Ohio State would score, and then Michigan would score again, and Ohio State would score. So it was basically who was not going to score. But the problem was is that although Ohio State was in the game, they ran out of gas, such as uh, their drives to score were more of a struggle than Michigan, who just kept hitting them with big play after big play, and Ohio State never had an answer. 
So, yeah, <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbled for the Buckeyes in this game. So their only out, like their only saving grace is that USC loses because they're they're four and Buckeyes are five. So, yeah, that's just the way it went. Um, uh, another shocking loss was Clemson, who lost to unranked South Carolina, thirty-one to thirty. Clemson, for sure, I believe, are done. I think they're what I say, they're ninth right now. So that might be it for them. Is that what it says on the list? They're ninth. I saw eighth, but who knows? Let me see. Well, I get, just gotta check again. Let me see what we got. Da, 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 da. Yeah, they went from eighth to ninth. Yeah, Penn okay. State took the eighth spot. Um, Oregon, Oregon State beat number nine Oregon in what they call the Civil War rivalry up there in the Pacific Northwest. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's called the Civil War. Um. So yeah, twenty-one beat number nine. Uh, Oregon State won thirty-eight. No, excuse me, forty-three to thirty-eight. If I wrote that down correctly, why did I write it backwards? What the hell is wrong with me? Um, Oregon State moved up to fifteen, and Oregon moved, went down to sixteen. How about the Apples? Oh look, who's on here? Number seventeen, UCLA. You know UCLA, right? Yes. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so, know that they're in East LA. And that they play at the Coliseum. Yes. Well, USC plays in. Okay. All right. All right. Oh. No. Teach me. And okay. Like... USC. Their campus is located in South LA, and they play at the Coliseum. UCLA. Their campus is in Pasadena and Westwood, and they play at the Rose Bowl. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it. Robert, okay. I was born and raised <laughs> in Long Beach. I know my area. Like, I know I can be a little blonde sometimes. But, like, I know my areas. You're like, I only know the Long Beach Convention Center. Hey, it says the person that goes to the Long Beach Convention Center for concerts. Hey, whoa, that was only one time. Hey, man, we don't speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> you wait, 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 No, for you, it's the, the pyramid. The blue pyramid that is built for no reason. It, it, it's our basketball stadium, like basketball courts, basketball stadium. And I've seen it. it. I've been there. L- and you could see it from LAX. How about that? It, beca- it became a ah. Long Beach la- landmark. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, I digress. Uh, continuing on, Texas A&M beat number five LSU 63 to 21, a shellacking as some people like to say, where is LSU? Okay, LSU is now 14. Good job. Um, and then USC and Notre Dame played their historic rivalry. They don't just have one rivalry. Just to let y'all know. Uh, USC at the time was number six. Notre Dame was number 15. USC won 38 to 27. I believe the score was like 20-something to seven at halftime. Uh, for some reason, USC forgets how to play defense halfway through the game. Uh, but... Hey, they still won the golden... No, I always say it's wrong. It's not the golden shillelagh. It's the jeweled shillelagh. Do you know what a shillelagh is, Alondra? I do not know. Explain. Basically, it's like a stick with like a club at the end. It's kind of long, and it's very hard. So if you get hit in the head, it's going to hurt. Okay. See, I was going to make a comment of how, how like, the how you said, like, you see, USC can do de- wasn't can't do defense. I'm like, you expect Trojans to be able to like defend, but at least they still won. 
No, yeah, I was able to watch part of the game. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that they were able to, you know, not screw it up, screw the pooch, as some people like to say. Because yeah, that would if they would have lost, that would have been it. Their college football playoff chances would have been out the door because they already have one loss, which I'm about to get to in a little bit. So and back to the Ohio State thing, but yeah, I'm just glad that they were able to, you know, get the win, beat their rival. Uh, I guess a decent Notre Dame team who struggled out the gate. Their playoff chances were over before he even started. I think they lost like their first two games. Um, before this, they had only lost three, so they had turned it around. But you don't want. You, I mean, you never want to lose to your rival. So even if both teams sucked, like. It was a good game to watch either way. Mm-hmm. Come on, Alondra. We got to get you into college football, bro. It's You're missing out. We do. Hopefully next season, I'll go to a game at the Rose Bowl. How about that? We'll make a How about the Coliseum? Because we don't... Wait, wait you want to go to the Rose Bowl? Are you sure about that? See, if I'm Passenger Princess, we could go to the Rose Bowl. But like, if I had to drive, <laughs> then... Than the Coliseum, it is. Don't worry, we'll get it. We'll get a group of friends. I know some people. I, I know a few people that we work with who love college football as much as I do. So don't worry, we'll show you what's up. Don't even trip, cuz. Okay. Are you gonna don't teach you some of the chants and everything? Um, I could teach you a fight song or two, but uh, yeah, maybe. We'll see what's <laughs> okay. up. Are we gonna tailgate and I, everything? Am I getting the full experience? Hey, hey, man, still, hey, hey, we'll talk I about this the, later, bro. I need the full <laughs> experience if you want me to become interested in, t- in college football. If you want a hey, girl, too, she needs the full experience. All right, fool. We'll see, because the people I know, hey, man, they'll be like tequila, 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 is the name hey. of the game. See, see, they you're, they drink with the Nosado kid, but like Mexicana over here that went to Tequila Jalisco when she was eighteen. So like, I could drink tequila. I don't know about the Nosado kid, but we're t- we're tailgating. Who are you calling a Nosado kid? You. Nah, you're chipping. Modelo time, fool. Or Coronas, whatever we got. But <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I mean. Besides the, the actual games, yeah, tailgating is always fun at college football games. But uh, yeah, <laughs> to get back on track, um, after these games, of course, I've already kind of said the the rankings. Um, and now back to what I was talking about with Ohio State. Um, the conferences are up now, which Ohio State is not playing in the Big Ten uh, conference championship game. Um, on Friday... The Pac-12 championship game will be played between number 14, Utah, versus number six. No, well, number... F- Dang it. I wrote all these notes, and now they're not out of order. Great. Good job. Okay. <laughs> number 11, is, Utah. Notes, so you're trying to enlighten me, yet you're confusing me at the same time. Okay. Well, now we're going to go on the fly, as some podcasts have to do. So number 11, Utah, will be playing... Number four, USC at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. If USC wins this, they guarantee a spot in the college football playoffs. But if they lose this game, 
basically the rubber match against Utah, Ohio State, or even Alabama at this point, have a chance to get in with a slimmer of a chance. Because what what was USC going to say? Oh, come on. We lost in our championship game. No, you lost in a championship game to a team you already beat. No, they already lost to. Excuse me. So, what, what y'all, what y'all gonna complain about? Nothing. Like, pack your bags, go home, buddy. Fly home, buddy. I work alone. But um, yeah. Like, this is USC's chance to show, like, hey, like that loss was a fluke, and we could beat these guys, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they lose. Ohio State is in for sure. Um, another Friday conference championship game is a uh, conference USA with uh, North Texas at um, the University of Texas, San Antonio. Hey, you see how I know? Let's see, I know what's up. Uh, they're playing at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Um, then Saturday, this is where the other big boy games are coming into play. We got the Big 12 championship game between Kansas State, who is 10th, and TCU, who is now 3rd. That's at noon on ABC. They're playing at A&T Stadium in Arlington. That's going to be a good game. I mean, because if TCU loses, then what does that do for Ohio State? What does that do for the bottom teams that are right behind them? Uh, In the American Championship game, we got UCF, who is now, well, no, no, they're still 22. Look at that. Uh, They're playing at Tulane at 4 p.m. Where's Tulane at? Tulane is number 18 at 4 p.m. Eastern on Fox and Boise at, no. Wrong one. In New Orleans. There we go. On ABC as well. You catch that on ABC for the American Championship game. Uh, in the Mountain West Championship game, we got Fresno State at Boise State. Alondra, what do you know about Boise State? I see. You, you, told, you asked me the wrong question type of situation. I know that Fresno is like the armpit of California. <laughs> like location-wise. But that's pretty much it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> if you're Bro, you're out of pocket. If you're, if you're doing your road trip in California, Fresno is like the middle of nowhere. It's literally the armpit. Because you'll pit stop in Fresno if you have to. But like you're trying to make it up to like San Francisco, San Jose. Like you're trying to go to the bigger cities. So it's like, armpit you know that armpit of university created Derek Carr who now plays for the Oakland no excuse me the Las Vegas Raiders I mean the Raiders kind of suck right now but that's the only shining light I could tell you about I'm saying the city is located in the armpit of California I'm not shit talking to school (laughs) I mean you might as well bro low key (laughs) But, uh, yeah, moving on. And uh, one of the other bigger conference games, the SCC championship game, we got LSU. Where are you guys at? Is LSU ranked? Bro, where'd y'all go? Oh, all right, they're 14 now after their loss. Number 14, LSU will be playing number one, Georgia, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, The ACC championship game will be between number nine, Clemson, Versus number 23, North Carolina. You can also catch that game on at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then finally on my list, we got the Big Ten Championship 
between Purdue and number two Michigan at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I believe that wraps up the college football playoff portion of this segment. Alondra, do you have anything to add besides that you want to go tailgate and you know that USC and UCLA exist? It's going to be a busy football weekend in both American football and what we call soccer. So, like, whoever's watching all the games, it's like, you're going to, it's going to be an all-day drinking type of situation. Like, waking up, watching your World Cup games, continuing the party with your American football games. And, yes, we still have to go. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, just to let the people know, me and Alondra had seen, were watching a World Cup game in which we were by a bar, and we were like, who are these people wearing all red? And I had just forgotten, because I was focused on other things, of course, on the World Cup. And it hit me, oh, wait, Ohio State is playing. And there was like a crap ton of Ohio State fans lined up outside this bar at 9 in the morning. 8 in the morning, actually, right? It was like 8 in the morning? 8, like 8.30-ish. Dedication- yeah, because we had went out, we had went out to go see Mexico play Argentina, which is a different story other than itself. But we were like, "Who are these people in red?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, huh?" There's that other big football game. They're but yeah, really having a party, and it's like we had a few hours of downtime. I was like, "I want to join their party because I'm like, yeah, somebody who's able to wake oh, yeah. up at in like seven in the morning to watch a football game like at eight and day drink. It's like." Sign me up. Like I, I did it once. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't day drink, but I watched a football game in the morning. It was USC, and I don't remember who the other team was, but <laughs> they played like at nine a.m. It was kind of weird, but yeah. Um, I think that does it for this portion of college football playoffs. But we are going to transition now into the warm up, which still revolves around college football. Surprisingly, okay, Alondra, what do you know about? The Rose Bowl. Are we talking? We just had a lesson about it. Yes. So, for this week's warm up topic, uh, the Rose Bowl, a historic venue in Southern California in Pasadena, the City of Roses, which is how it got its name, obviously, is under a strict deadline. Oh, yeah, of course. It's great. It's under a strict deadline, however. Oh. I like how you went from a positive to a negative. Um, anyways, uh, it's under a strict deadline with the college football play- college football playoff committee. Uh, if they want to continue their role in the playoffs, uh, the committee must determine whether uh, the college football um, format can expand in time for the start of the twenty twenty four regular season. You know, if the if the games were if the if the game's most storied bowl can't agree to the terms, it's very much possible that they will be excluded from the New York Six Bowl rotation in the next contract. They would be the college football like organization will essentially be losing four hundred fifty million in potential gross revenue. So, Alondra, in short, to explain to you, um, basically, ever since they started doing the playoffs, which is still like the past couple of years, it's still brand new. Uh, mm. There's at least six main bowl games. In which they rotate. So there's obviously only four teams. There's only two playoff games. And then the final. 
which consists of the six. So you only need three of the six, and usually they play them around New Year's because the Rose Bowl historically has always been played on New Year's Day. But since they want to expand the playoffs to 12 teams in 2024, that would mean that they would have to move up or move down the days on which the playoffs are played on. And like I said, that puts the Rose Bowl in a sticky situation because they always play the game on New Year's Day, either as just a bowl game itself between the Pac-12 and Big Ten champion, a playoff game, which they've been doing, or whatever else they've had before prior in the past when they just play the games on New Year's Day because just for fun, you know, the Mm -hmm. same day as the Rose Parade, right? Yes. So it's... It's kind of a big deal, but not a big deal. Like, it's a big deal in the sense that they want to keep tradition going. But it's not a big deal in the sense that all it is, we just got to play a game on a different day. See, I'm over here thinking about Rose Bowl in Pasadena and New Year's Day and how it's like the Rose Parade and then like a football game on that same day. I'm like, getting to that stadium's a mess on its own and having to deal with all that traffic is gonna be insane but like it's tradition it's like do you break tradition or do you like host the act the game on that day and deal with pasadena traffic because if you miss your exit to the rose bowl you are looping it for like 20 miles almost in traffic in traffic Oh, I was recently over there not so long ago. It's all one way, like not one way road, but only one lane road. So it's like you're stuck for like a hot minute. Oh, and it's like you're gonna be like on, you're gonna be stuck on a hill, and you better hope because your car is automatic, or else you're gonna be like rolling back. And it's like the anxiety. It's like, do you really want to start off your new year having like anxiety attack? I do not. That doesn't sound fun at all. But yes, I mean all all of that is important. But um in the proposed twelve team format for twenty twenty four, the cotton and orange bowls would stay true to their current agreement and host semifinals. And in twenty twenty five, the Fiesta and Peach Bowls would also host semifinals as currently planned. So basically it's I think yeah, it's for next year and then twenty twenty six or twenty seven. So it's like, all right, well, we have to add games into this mm-hmm. situation. But they're like, well, we can't obviously have that game being played um, on New Year's Day. It just, it just can't happen. It, it just won't work because the games are already like kind of far out. Like it's, I think it's a one week difference. Mm-hmm. So it, it just wouldn't work. And like what, what they have now, because now you have more games. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything that you would like to know or ask in regards to just the college football format or why it's just important for the Rose Bowl game to be played on New Year's Day? My question is, couldn't they format it similar to like the Super Bowl? Like not necessarily, like the Super Bowl is held every single February, like that first Sunday. So it's like, it's never the same date type of situation. It's the same day. So instead, instead of always having it on 
New Year's Day, be like, hey, we're going to have it this first week of January on this Sunday type of situation. Would that work? Is that just a stupid idea? Let me know. It could, but they would have to rearrange the whole entire schedule. Because look at, like, we just had a discussion about their conference finals, which Mm. are happening now in late November slash early December. Because, like I said, there's more. I I don't know if I've had already mentioned this, but there's more than just these six bowl games. There's, Uh like, a crap ton of them. There's, like, I don't know. It's always kind of changed every year because some bowl games no longer exist. They come and go. They, They always have different names. They'll be, like, the Red Box Sun Bowl in New Mexico or something like that. Or the, um, dang it, was it the, uh, USC was playing at this one for a while. It was the Las Vegas, like, purple car, I forgot what it was. Some, like, car company manufacturer or whatever. They were there for a while. There was also, like, I remember USC played, like, the Bourbon Bowl, like, in New Orleans or Louisiana. So, a lot of these playoffs have, like, come and gone. I mean, not the playoffs, but the, the bowl games have come and gone. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, who's texting me? Get away. Um, so, a lot of these bowl games have come and gone. So, it just depends on what they how they want to present it and how they want to do it. But, yeah, I think if they were to go into February, January, February, that's be, that would just be too late. Because uh, then, <clears throat> yep, what you have to think about, excuse me, what you have to think about is uh, when do semesters usually end? For colleges, mm-hmm. like it's January, like or last late week of January. December, yeah, late December, early January, or anywhere in January, basically. Yes. So I think what what they what, what they try to avoid is having the season expand into the next semester, trimester, okay. whatever it may be. So I think that's what the, what the problem also lies in. Uh, the article on ESPN, which I was looking at doesn't really show it because their source is not a direct source in this article which i'm just gonna call it call them out for that <laughs> low-key mm-hmm. but um yeah they, they basically give, are giving them a deadline for this week this is wednesday but uh we have to wait and see what happens now uh if the committee if the rose bowl community does change their mind um according to this supposed source i'm gonna read the quote we want the Rose Bowl. We have a good partnership with the Six Bowls we are affiliated with. We do, and we want to continue with that. I hope the Rose Bowl will be part of that. There's no guarantee in any of that. None. Looks like even this quote is not the best. So mm-hmm. I guess it's it's something that's still up in the air because I know it's been like maybe two years since they brought this up. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah... It, 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 they just want to like maneuver it so it's not necessarily in that time frame of being a New Year's Day game, or at least giving up the idea that you know the big the Big Ten and the Pac-12 champion can't play each other no more. So they would have to find other options for that. It, it, it's just like a really mucky thing to like to discuss, if that makes any sense. Yes. I was just suggesting to have the game just be played on, like, the first week of January. I mean, it already is, technically. It's the, literally on New Year's Day. <laughs> but like, How much more do you want? No, no, but, like, if... L- let me look at the calendar, because you're not understanding my situation. So, put it this way. 
New Year's Day is Sunday t- this year, which is typical for football. Like, Sunday football makes sense. But, like, if you can't play it on that January 1st, why don't you play it on, like, January 7th or, like, the 6th, like, that Friday or Saturday? That same still week, but, like, have all the stadiums align to work maybe a different day on that first week. That way, all games are played like on the same day type of situation. I mean, I mean, yeah, that that could work. Um, I could. I think what they want to do is let me see. Let me just look at the article again. Da, 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 da. All right, here we go. The four highest ranked conference champions will be seeded one through four, with each receiving a first round bye. Okay, teams seeded five through twelve will play each other in the first round. The quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in bowl games on a rotating basis, and the championship game will be at neutral site as under the current four-team format. Okay, that makes sense. But I think what it is, like, yeah, they they want to keep that that January first day, and then try to keep Big Ten, Pac-12, which just won't work. It's just not not feasible. It, the thing is, if you're not willing to adjust, you're making it harder on yourself type of situation. Yeah, it's like, but remember, it's, 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 it's a traditional thing. It's a traditional thing. It's tradition. But sometimes traditions are meant to be broken. But... I mean, like, as someone that grew up watching Rose Bowl games, like, yeah, it, it'd be really weird to not have, like, the way it is now. Like, if it wasn't the way it is now, I would have never, like, teared up seeing USC beat Penn State on that 2016-2017 Rose Bowl game where they were down, like, by a couple of touchdowns. And what was his name? De- Devontae Burnett scoring three touchdowns, his hat trick, to help them come back in the game and then having them get a pick six and then have a, a game-winning field goal in the last two seconds of the game, like, ah, oh, like, you're, you're going to lose that, basically. You're going to lose that type of, like, moment. I mean, college football will always be college football. It's always mm-hmm. sporadic. It's always random. It's always nerve-wracking, like, at any sport. But, yeah, you're going to lose that traditional value. See, I'm coming from somebody, like, neutral perspective. It's, like, other sports got postponed during the pandemic so like we're saying the world cup used to be played in the summer so it's like us saying like this world cup doesn't feel the same because before i used to be at home in the summer watching the game every single day stuff happened it got postponed to winter it's like if you're not able to adjust you're not you're not able to progress type of situation like yes it's tradition but sometimes you had to like tweak it even if it's just a day like one day switch like it's still gonna happen you're still gonna have those memories but it's gonna be on a different date like the super bowl the super bowl got changed it used to be always the first sunday of february what happened we had a pandemic it got moved towards like the middle end of february it still happened it was an amazing game yet situation like it wasn't on a traditional weekend Do you get what I'm I saying? Mean, but also, you have to remember uh, this uh, World Cup is uh, 
shrouded and covered in controversy. So <laughs> I, I get what you mean, but a little bit different. It's same, but different at the same time. Also, another thing I just realized too, I think what it is, and not just the day, it's the time. This game is always played in the daytime, most like or like late afternoon. So it's like like an early game that gets played into the night or like the beginning of the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Like according to this article, uh, someone from the community told ESPN earlier the, they wanted to maintain the exclusive broadcast window on January first at two p.m. PT and years that it would also host a CFP final. So, yeah, it's a very complicated thing. It's very complicated. The sport's complicated. So, I'm going to get into the sport. We got a tailgate. Oh, gosh. Okay, I think on that note, (laughs) I think we've discussed enough of the Rose Bowl management that's going down for the bowl game. So hopefully they are able to figure it out this week, supposedly. Uh, but yeah, um, historically the Rose Bowl is January first, middle of the day, well, midday into the night. That's what it, how it's always been. But hey, we, we'll we'll figure it out in the next couple of years. I just wanted to go down memory day, memory lane for myself as well. I grew up watching a lot of Rose Bowl games, specifically with USC beating Penn State twice, beating Illinois. Um, the, you know, everyone knows the stunner that they had against Texas was Vince Young running into the back of the end zone and finally defeating the mighty Trojans. But yeah, um, had cheers for the Rose Bowl, honestly. May see, its legacy live on forever, wherever it may go now. You, you do realize you're talking to the person that had her first her first Rose Bowl experience was a One Direction concert. Don't sigh. Oh boy. <sighs> All right. Well, at least with One Direction, you're able to run to the stage, and I'm using that now as a transition to our rundown segment of the show to wrap it up. <sighs> We've made it to the end of our programming here, and in the rundown, we got a few things we like to go over really quick. You know, rundown is just things that we didn't get to cover. We might just gloss over little things here and there we like to announce. So. Alondra, you in our faux show production meeting the other day came uh-huh. up with this, and I know I kind of hinted at it earlier on in the show. Chelsea, Pulisic, what is going on there? So after the the U.S. versus England game, Chelsea posted a photo of Raheem Sterling, Christian Pulisic, and Mason Mount, and the majority of the comments were about Mr. Captain America, how... He was like the man of the match, how he deserves more starting time because he's proven he's proven himself on the field. People were com- comparing him to Mason Mount, which I don't think I personally think it's not OK. It's like they're individual players, but it's showing that U.S. players are actually making an impact and that Premier League fans are watching the Rose Bowl and they're seeing this. They're seeing like, oh, shoot, we give them so much slack. They mess up a pass in a Premier League game, and we're throwing them under the bus, yet we don't give them enough chances. Like, they have talent. They deserve to start. And as a Chelsea fan, 
and in America. I was very proud to see it. I was like, I was like, give him the praise he deserved. And not just him, because there's other players on the men's national team, such as we have Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams Leeds. And it's like they're giving they're receiving the praise they deserve as well. Cause it's like you're you're going up against academy players and you're proving your worth. You're like, I was taught to play football probably during PE class or like in little league on the weekends, yet I'm out here competing with you who probably started off at an academy at the age of six. Yeah, I mean, you make all good points there. Um, Look at his stat line. It's not big here in the World Cup because obviously it's his first World Cup. One goal, one assist, and one goal. And he's playing as consistent as he ever has, ever, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants more money, fork it over. If not, send him somewhere else where it's it's less controversial for him. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it is silly that the tabloids and the media are just like, well, Thomas Tuchel doesn't want to play him because he's hurt or he's complaining or we hear, oh, Pulisic doesn't feel like it's all good in the hood. Why am I here? Like, all right, which one is it? Is he hurt? Is he complaining? Does the coach not like him? Like, come Robert, on, fool. Like, Thomas Tuchel is no longer the Chelsea coach. Ah, oh, damn it. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, who, who is it then? Enlighten me because you're a Chelsea expert. I remember. Uh, Thank you for reminding me. He did get sacked. Mr. Like, Mr. Potter. Oh, okay. Even him. Even he said he didn't want to play him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for reminding me. Well, see, there you go. I mean, that even probably helps out my helps out my point more. It was all just one big jumbled mess, and it was just a crapshoot on he said, she said, and it just hasn't worked out, right? It's crazy because the club is owned by an American. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, it, 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 you know, it is what it is. But, and, I mean, you do have a point, like, you would think that there would be communication up and down the board. But in this case, there is not. I mean, in European football, soccer, it, it is up to the coach. Uh, Mr. Potter um, hasn't fixed anything either. Chelsea still has the same issues, so... Mm-hmm. Even after you get a new coach, you still have the same lingering problems. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what is it then? Is is it me? Am I the problem, Mr. Pulisic? Or okay. is it just the, the club is just not suitable for him at this point anymore in his career? I love how you just quoted Taylor Swift there. I'm enjoying this. And going back to my situation, how we were talking about the board, people are probably like, well, he's an American. He doesn't know about how Premier League sports are ran. And to those people, I'm going to tell you one thing. It's like, did you ever play kickball as a kid? One of the greatest elementary school sports ever, which was a cross between American soccer and baseball. It's like, it's been proven before to function together. So like, listen to, listen to your director and play the American on the field. Yo, just get, pass it to the American. Pass it to the American. I'm like, hey, they dominated <laughs> versus England. I know, right? That's why it's just, it's just, it's just a weird 
awkward situation as well. It's just, I don't know. I, I think, in my opinion, he needs to move. Or there has to be a change in leadership there because, like, I, who is I, it? He said, she said. Who is it? What What is it? I want to see him at lead. I want to see that Brendan Erickson, Tyler Adams, and Christian Pulisic. Just put like, the Americans all on one team. <laughs> I'm like, they they have an American coach as it is, so might as well. I guess. Have them dominate the Premier League. I suppose, oh. Alondra. And then it was crazy because Christian got linked with Man United as maybe as a transfer or purchase in January. And then, but Man United just ended the relation with Ronaldo. So I'm like, who knows? But kind of don't want to see him at Man United. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird, low key. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, is there anything else? That you would like to enlighten us about the Chelsea Pulisic situation? Well, we talked about him, but he wasn't the only player receiving some praise. Mr. Hakim Ziyech was also receiving praise from the Chelsea team. He's somebody else who has just been benched almost the whole season, yet he's proven himself on the Morocco team. So I think... I think I know who you're talking about. (laughs) The, The Wizards. He's known as the wizard. The wizard. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. Because I know this is a guy on Chelsea. I'm like, I don't know how to say your name, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. so oh, good like, to know. Good to know. Yeah. So there's a couple players on that Chelsea team who have been proving themselves. And people are backing them up. And it's like, coming from some of the most toxic clubs in the Premier League, it's good to see that people are opening up their eyes and being like, oh, Let's give some people. Let's give these Americans a chance, or let let's let our bench riders actually have some starting minutes. No, yes, of course. You always want to see uh, your countrymen thrive wherever they go. Mhm. But uh, if that is everything, would you like to move on into another part of the rundown? I know it's running, we're running long here, but I know people love hearing all, all our rambling. Go ahead, lead us into the next so, topic. Since you were speaking about Chelsea so positively, um, do you know who they're playing and they're around the 16th match in the UEFA Champions League? It's Borussia Dortmund, no? Do you know who else played for Borussia Dortmund? Mr. Giovanni Reina. No, the other guy. Music. There you go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're they were playing each other in the first round of the round of sixteen in Champions League. Uh, other games that are listed, we got Manchester City versus RB Leipzig, Benfica versus Club Rouge, Real Madrid versus Liverpool, That's Tottenham be an versus. Eight. You think so? I think so. All right, all right, I see you. Uh, we got Tottenham versus AC Milan, Napoli, who is on fire, versus Eintracht Frankfurt. I think that's how you say that. Then uh, you got Porto versus Inter Milan. And then I got uh, Bayern Munich versus PSG. Uh, which one of the... I know you said... Uh, oh, okay. I, I think you just answered my question. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, besides the Madrid-Liverpool game, uh, it sounds like the Bayern Munich-PSG game is on your calendar as well. Yes. PSG has been... Great, great team. Amazing lineup. But they have been struggling. 
when it comes to Champions League, UEFA League. So having them play against against Bayern Munich, that's going to be a game to watch. It's going to be a back and forth. And I think PSG has to prove themselves because they always make it so far, yet not far enough. That is true. I mean, yeah, I'd be interested to see on how this, I guess you could say, more um, adjusted PSG team does against Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich without Lewandowski at the mm-hmm. helm now. So we have to just wait and see what happens there. For me, uh, yeah, I want to see that Chelsea Dortmund game. Um, I think I want to see Napoli. Uh, they're playing Frankfurt, who is also good right now in the German league. But Napoli by themselves are just on a tear. So I, I want to see them play. I want to see how they do. I want to see how this uh, Italian side does in the Champions League. I think they might go all the way, Loki. I'm going to ask you a quick question. During this Champions League, who is going to have more goals? Holland for Man City? Or is it going to be Mr. Let's think PSG, French? Why can I remember? Mbappe. 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 Who's going to have more goals, Mbappe uh, or Holland? Holland, without a doubt. Holland with like three hat tricks back to back to back. Insane. I know, right? Because he is insane. He's a scoring madman. That's that's my deal with it. It's like I know we call Mr. Walker Zimmerman Thor, but like Holland is like Thor, Thor. If that makes sense. He's on. He's on another level. He's on a different level. He's like the god god. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but yes, yes. Um, that's our round of 16 quick wrap-up on the rundown. Mm-hmm. Um, and other sporting news, uh, very quickly. Uh, MLB, the Astros, have landed slugger Jose Abreu with a three-year deal. Uh, he has won the American League MVP in 2020 and is second and baseball with 863 RBIs since his first season in the major leagues in 2014. He hit .304, .378, .446 this year with the Chicago White Sox, for whom he had played all nine of his big league seasons after defecting from Cuba. So I have this down because the Astros, who just won the World Series, just got a solid pickup to their lineup. Uh, Alondra, what do you know about baseball? Uh, I watched the playoffs, and I stopped watching after the Dodgers lost. So, same, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I feel like that was a really good pickup on them, by them, I should say. Because yeah, I was like, hasn't hasn't Abreu played for the so- the White Sox like forever? And yeah, twenty fourteen, like gosh, like. Talk about leaving where you started, you know? Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, like how how this article that I read, like he defected from Cuba. He's worked hard. He he's played really good baseball. I've always thought the White Sox have had decent players, but they're also that's why they're decent players, but they're known for selling their better players. So it is what it is. Um I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, he's a really good player and best of luck to him now in in Houston. Um in other news, uh I think that's how I say. Regis Progreyes dominated in a boxing bout against Jose Sapeda to win the WBC title 
with an 11th round stoppage win to become two-time super lightweight world champ. Uh, I was able to watch the clip of it, and yeah, he smothered this guy. Never stood a chance. Um, I think what I read was uh, for Grias, he kind of had like a slow start, uh, mm. not as dominant as the article or as the article I was reading said. Like he kind of had like a slow start, but once he got used to the fight itself, Sapir didn't want none of that smoke. He did not want none of that smoke, and he paid the price. But uh, yeah. That was some, a little bit of boxing news. And uh, to go into a quick whip around with the NFL from the games that we went over last week. Um, quick NFL check-in. Uh, our Thanksgiving games that we had, the Bills defeated the Lions 28-25. to The Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20. to And the Vikings won 33-26 to over the Patriots. Um, just some other, some other things i like to point out. The Packers... Lost to the Eagles. Their struggles continue. I think, yeah, they're done. Uh, what did you have to say about the Packers, Alondra? My hope has died. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I think you're a low-key cheesehead. Is that what it is? Would Are you, you low-key cheesehead? See, right. you can't make these comments to somebody who's, like, barely being introduced to the sport. I know you're making fun of me, but like it doesn't uh, hit the same because I. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what's the cheese said? You'll find out soon enough. You'll find out what she says later. Look it up, the internet, the Googles. I think it's probably shaped like your head more though. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not cheese said. Um, the Niners goose egg the Saints. I believe thirteen to zero. Ouch! And the Browns came back to win against the Bucks. Um, eight. Hey, you never should doubt a team running it with two minutes left in the game. And that's what the Browns did and set them up to help win the game. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know, Alondra. It's been a long episode. Is there anything you would like to say to the people out there very quickly? Um, please pray for the U.S. We, we need that win. Pray for Christian, Christian's politics recovery so we can have him on Saturday's game. We need him. And then, okay, hopefully we get Giovanni in the starting lineup as well. Like, just send good vibes. Let's send some positive vibes to our men's team. They deserve it. Yes, yes. All good vibes. Pray, pray, pray that we win. But, uh, yeah, um, I think that is it for our show. Uh, thank you for listening to Rambling Runoff. If you're listening on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. And also like the video. Also like us on Spotify. Please give us a follow. If you want to hear more from us on the socials, follow us on Twitter at OffRambling or follow us on Instagram at RamblingRunoff. We also do have a TikTok, RamblingRunoff. Alondra, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me uh, on Instagram as AlondraAbundes and also on Twitter as AlondraAbundes. I rarely tweet, but like... I like to see some funny tweets, so like if you have funny tweets, send them my way, please. Or some memes, go for it. Yes, yes, of course. Um, I've been your host, Robert Reels, for Alondra. We say abdu, goodbye. See you guys next time. Peace out. Bye. Woo!